Okay, so let's get started. Uh, this is, turn this on too. This is our last teaching that we'll be doing on this word exousia. It's our last teaching. And uh, I've written a lot. Uh, we've done quite a few videos, uh, live streams. So I'm just going to wait till some people will jump on board here. Let you know that I'm live. I'm live, okay? You're there. We can get started. We can get started. You're all going to show up. You're going to show up. Okay. Anyhow, this is our last video. This is our last live stream that we're doing on this word, exousia. It's our last one. All right. So we're going to be going to Colossians 2.15, Colossians 2.15, and I'm actually using the New American Standard, and uh, this is not based upon the received text or the majority text, it's based upon another text. Uh, this is a good translation, it is, uh, but I prefer the majority text, but the Lord gave me the revelation out of this translation. It's not actually a translation, it's a version. So, let's read Colossians 2.15. I'm going to read Colossians 2.15. When God had disarmed the rulers and authorities, exousia, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him or through it. Depends what Greek text you're using. But it's, it refers back to Christ and the cross and the cross. Now, you'll never understand verse 15 until you understand verse 14. And you'll never understand verse 14 until you've understood at least verse 13. Because in verse 13, it says, When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh he, God, made you alive together with him, with Christ, that's at the cross, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Having forgiven all our transgressions. All right? And then Paul, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he goes into detail in unpacking that, how God forgave us all of our trespasses. All right. He goes into verse 14. Verse 14, having canceled out their certificate of debt. I like that. Most translations have the word handwriting. I don't like that, but it's, it's right. But I like the certificate of debt because that's more accurate, actually. Consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now this is God, this is how God has forgiven us. We had a debt because of the fall. We had a debt that we could never pay back. We could never do enough good works. Enough. We, impossible. I mean, in a million years, we could never do enough good works for God to forgive us or to forget what we did back in the garden when mankind fell. 
All right, this is going back to the garden. Everything goes back to the garden. Everything goes back to the original creation or back in Genesis, all right? So God went out of his way. That's called mercy and grace, all right? God went out of his way to do what he needed to do to set us free from what we've done to ourselves. Yeah, because we did this to ourselves. Because even the serpent, we didn't have to listen to the serpent. We didn't have to. All we had to do was listen to God. God said, don't eat of this tree. The day you eat of it, you'll die. So don't eat of it. But he put the tree there to give mankind a choice. Going back to the law of sowing and reaping. Going back to the law of sowing and reaping. All right, that's all right. All right. So we missed it big time back in the garden. So God, 4,000 years later, sends Jesus, second Adam, doesn't send Jesus, God the Word becomes flesh, goes to the cross, and does what he needed to do, not that he had to, no, he didn't have to, he wasn't obligated to save us, he didn't, Jesus was never obligated to go to the cross, no, not even near it, because if he was obligated, that takes away mercy and grace, all right. He wasn't obligated. No. He did it out of mercy. All right. And grace. He did it out of mercy. All right. So now this is what he did. He canceled the certificate of debt. We had a debt. We had a debt that we could never pay back. All right. And not only did he mm, remove that debt, he canceled it out. That's what it says here. And he had taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He got rid of it. He obliterated it. All right? All right? Positionally. So this is for all of mankind. All of mankind. So positionally, all of mankind is saved. Now, I don't teach on universal salvation. No, no, that's not what I'm teaching on at all. I'm saying that ultimately God forgave all of mankind. He's already healed all of mankind. He's already delivered all of mankind. They're called positional truths. It's called a place called done. All right? But now we need to hear about it, right? Faith comes by hearing. And then we need to receive it. That's what it says in John 1, uh, 12 and 13. Those who received him... Those who believed, right? That's how you receive from God. You believe it. Faith, right? We're saved by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Through the avenue of faith. Right? So, now, before we go back to verse 15, so it says, okay, let's go to 15. Then he disarmed the rulers and authorities. Now, a lot of people say that God disarmed the powers of the devil, meaning the devil has no power. <laughs> well, if that was true, then Paul, by the Spirit, unless you don't believe he was writing by the Spirit, he contradicts himself, which he doesn't. Because back in Ephesians and other places, other writers, Paul says that we need to put on the armor, the full armor of God, so that we can resist the evil one on the evil day. 
Well, if the devil has no power, there's nothing to resist. Uh, in James and 1 Peter, it talks about resisting the devil and he will flee, resisting him in faith. Well, if he's got no power, there's nothing to resist. But he does have power. All right? So what God did here is that God, the devil did not want God. The last thing the devil wanted was for God to forgive us. Because then we'd all be going to hell. This is all about hell. Heaven and hell, ultimately. So the devil did not want God to forgive us. All right? He did everything and he is doing everything he can in his power. And he's got power to stop the world from hearing the gospel and believing it. He's doing everything and he's doing a great job. And it's not God's fault. It's our fault. Because we've been given the great commission. We've been given the great commission. All right. Jesus never said, I'm going to go into all the world. No, he said, you go into all the world because I'm going back to the father, but I'm going to give you the comfort of the Holy Spirit to get this work done. All right. All right. So I need to stop there for that. So if you go back right at the beginning of this chapter, Colossians chapter two, there are so many references to in him. In Christ, there are too many. Uh, there's one in verse three. There's one in verse five, verse six, um, verse ten, verse eleven, uh, verse twelve, and verse thirteen. All right, regarding Christ, the second Adam. All right, not God, the second Adam. All right. Now, he's not only talking about the devil here in verse 15, rulers and exousia, authorities. He's also talking about false teachers. All right? Because if you look in Colossians 2, we're always in Colossians chapter 2. I teach the whole context and I don't, I don't have all the revelation, but I've got enough to do a teaching on this. If you look very carefully, You'll start in Colossians 2. That's why you need your Bibles with you. You need your Bibles so you can follow with me. Colossians 2, in 4, verse 4, it says, Paul says, I say this, that no one will delude you. No one. He didn't say the devil. He said no one will delude you. And then in verse 8, Paul says once again, See to it that no one takes you captive. So who's who are these no ones? All right, that we need to know about. In verse 16, therefore, no one is to act as your judge. Verse 18, let no one keep defrauding you. All right, four times he says, no one, let no one, let no one, let no one. He's talking about false teachers. He's talking about people in the church but also could be in the world. Like I said, I don't have the full revelation of this. So, and the thing, and I, the Lord gave me two revelations out of um, Colossians 2, uh, 13 to 15. They're in my notes. I, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't dig them out enough, enough time. But even in this book here, this is a, a good book by Clinton A. Arnold. And uh, it's called the Colossian Syncretism. 
And he rightly says, he rightly says, he says that Paul is not saying that God has totally stripped the devil of his power because that's not what he did. Going back to what I said in Ephesians, everywhere else in the Bible, it's, it's everywhere. We're up against, you know, there's demons out there, you know, all these different things that we're up against. And even in, in Ephesians 6, it talks about putting on the armor of God, talks about walking by faith, using your faith as a shield. Why? Why? Flaming darts. Who's flaming darts? My, 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 my brother in Christ, my, my sister in Christ, a pastor or no, from the devil, the evil one. He's got flaming darts, right? And it talks about mind renewal, putting on the helmet of salvation, renewing your mind to what you've been saved from. All right. So I like what he says here. As far, and this is on page 279, as far as the Christians, as far as they recognize and appropriate their authority in Christ. And that's exactly what I've been saying. We've been given the authority of God to exert over the powers, the, ex the exousia of the devil. All right. And he goes on saying here, we need to grow in our awareness of our position in Christ so that we can begin and appropriate in resisting not only the false teachers, those who would be out to delude us, that's what it says right there, but the enemy. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to share a little bit here before I go. This is a few years ago and I've had a few encounters with demons and, um, I was in my bed. I was sleeping. And then I had a vision. And the Lord woke me up. And um, and he said, and I saw, I saw in the spirit. And I saw a python over my door. I know it sounds foolish to a lot of people. They're going to call me all kinds of names. They already have. <laughs> but I saw a python over my door on the outside of my house, on the side door here. And the Lord told me, he says, you go down there. This was at two o'clock in the morning. He says, you go down there and you go resist that thing or else it's going to come into your house. Now, what would it going to do if it came into my house? I don't know. Kill me, kill my parents, burn my house down. I don't know. I got up. I got up. I went down to the bottom of the stairs where that door was. I didn't open up the door. Because I wouldn't have seen it anyhow, probably. And I resisted in the name of Jesus. And I was in faith. Alright? And I know that that thing did not come into my house. Alright? So the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He is. Even after the cross. But, and he hasn't been stripped of his power. He has not. What happened was that God has forgiven us. That debt that we owed God that we could never repay, Jesus did that for us. All right? I think a lot of Christians, they don't understand their salvation. And I'm just, you know, after all these years of being saved, um, but they don't understand their salvation. So, and this is the thing. We need to walk. That's why I say walk in the grace. Well, what is walking in the grace? Walking in the fullness of your sonship. To walk as Jesus walked on this earth. Jesus came across all kinds of demons, came across all kinds of evil people. 
And he always had the victory. Always. And that belongs to us. It really does. His life belongs to us because we were born again with his nature. That's what makes us sons of God. All right? So we're born with the very nature that Jesus was born with. As a little baby. With Mary, not Joseph, and the Holy Spirit. Right? Called the Incarnation. We're born again. Recreated. That's part of um, Titus 3.5. So there's lots more. <laughs> there's so much to all of this. But I encourage you to get into the Word. I encourage you to eat the Word like never before. The New Testament. Especially the New Testament. We're not Old Testament saints. We're New Testament saints. All right? We're on this side of the cross. We're post-cross, not pre-cross. So we need to find out who we are in Christ what we are in Christ, what belongs to us in Christ, all right? Because that's what the devil is is keeping from us. That's what he's keeping from us. You know, even if you read in Thessalonians, if you go to Thessalonians, in um, chapter 2, verse 18, Paul, the great apostle Paul, he says right here, for we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once. Yet Satan hindered us. Yeah, that's what Paul wrote. Now, maybe you don't believe that Paul wrote that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. No, he did. All right. All scriptures are inspired by God. Theonustia, right? God inspired. All right. So he says right here, he hindered us. And it sounds like it more than once, because he said more than once they wanted, he wanted to go to them, and yet Satan hindered us. So there's all kinds of things. I think I'm going to have to do a huge teaching on warfare, on warfare. And uh, I'm not trying to give attention to the devil, no, but he is real. He is real, and we need to understand how he works, because that's what Paul says in Second Corinthians he says, we're not ignorant, or we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices. That's in 2 Corinthians. Um, it's not 4.4. 4. That's uh, the devil, the God of this world blinds the mind of unbelievers. But 2 Corinthians 4, or 2 Corinthians 2, I think I can find it here. Uh, here it is right here. 2 Corinthians 2, chapter 2, verse 11, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. All right? So we got to get rid of the ignorance. We got to get rid of the ignorance. We've got to get rid of the unbelief. We got to have, we need to get rid of the wrong believing. All right? We got, there's a lot of wrong believing in the church because of wrong teaching. And this all has to do with the soul, your soul, because we're spirit, soul, and body. First Thessalonians 5.23. So once your spirit is born again, your spirit is recreated, your spirit is fine. That's your new nature. But it's your soul, it's your mind, the unrenewed mind is causing us a lot of problems. All right? And a lot of the people in the church, they're supposed to be there to help us. They haven't been helping us. They've been actually uh, working against us. They do, I'm not saying they're doing it intentionally, but I know, and there's a devil out there, and he's not dead. And he's got power to deceive. 
to deceive the church. Even read the parables of the sower. All right? He's always after the word on account of the word. He's after the word. Because if he can get to the word, he'll get to your faith. And if he's got to, if he can get to your faith, then he keeps God out of the picture uh, to bring salvation, healing, deliverance, because it's faith that puts God to work. Right? Your faith puts God to work. At what? At sal- saving a person? Healing a person? Delivering a person? I can't save nobody. I can't save nobody. I can't heal nobody. I can't deliver nobody. It's all done by the Spirit. Jesus did everything by the Spirit. Right? So it says in Acts 10.38 and other places. Right? God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good. Right? And to heal all those who are oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Right? Yeah. He did that by the Spirit. It says right there, the Spirit and His power. And we need to be doing the same thing. All right? So, it's a lot. It's a lot. And we're going to move on to something else, hopefully, tomorrow. So, I want to thank you for your time. And as I finish all my videos, I encourage you to learn on what it takes to walk in the fullness of His grace and of the faith of God, the grace of God and the faith of God, because it's faith that appropriates the grace of God. Shalom and amen. Thank you very much.